tonight. Genesis chapter number 12. I am very, very committed to doing everything in my power to help our young people to be the best they can. If I didn't care, I wouldn't care what they done. But I do care. I love them very, very much. Every single one of them. But they're not adults. They don't have adult minds. I said this the other day. They don't have adult minds. They don't. It's very unjust. If we that do have adult minds, don't help them to be all they can be for the glory of God. Genesis chapter 12. Then there's some adults still don't have an adult mind. I don't know what you do with that. Genesis chapter 12, and that's page 21 in the Schofield Bible. And in just a moment, we're going to be turning to page 315, Ruth chapter 1 and verse 1. Genesis chapter 12 and verse number 10. I'm going to let you just stay seated. Amen. Is everybody awake? Throw your hand up if you're good and awake. Amen. Hallelujah. Good. I'll let you sit for a while. Genesis 12, 10. And there was a famine in the land. And Abram went down into Egypt to sojourn there. For the famine was grievous in the land. Now turn, if you would, to chapter page 315, Ruth chapter number 1 and verse number 1. Ruth 1, chapter 1, verse 1, page 315. Are you there? Say amen. amen. Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land. And a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. Let's go to the throne of grace. I'm going to ask Dwayne Reese if he would please pray. Amen. One of the challenges with uh, studying the Word of God and being in church a long time is the challenge of, boy, that's a good, that's a good story. That's a good Bible story. I mean, I like that one. And fail to recognize that all Scripture is given for reproof, rebuke, and exhortation in all long suffering. God's given us all the Word of God that we learn the truth of it to apply to our life. In these two stories, the Bible says, at the mouth of two witnesses for something to be confirmed. When they brought Jesus to crucify Him, they had two witnesses that said, we've heard Him blaspheme. So at the mouth of two witnesses... I want you to get a truth. And here's the truth. Geography 
has never been the answer. Geography has never been the answer. I shared this with some folks the other day. This message was birthed last Monday morning about 1, 2 o'clock in the morning. I woke up, I was very troubled. It's, it's rare. I, I usually sleep very good. But I woke up very troubled. And I just got up, I said, Lord, apparently you've got me troubled for a reason. And I sat down and pinned this, these thoughts down and the next day I put the meat to it, but the thoughts I just scribbled down. And I left and went back to sleep and wondering where, who needs this message but someone tonight. I'm, I don't know who. I'm point blank. Somebody needs this message tonight. I did all I could to try to persuade folks to be here tonight. But of course, God knew who would be here before the service started. He knew this in eternity past. Isn't that something? So he knows you're here. Very familiar stories. Two different families. Two different places. Yet, so unique what they shared and what they did. And the principle never changes. And it is amazing. Two totally different times. Two totally different places. Two totally different... But the the things they have in common how to move all of us tonight to stop and think and consider. So tonight as we look at the voice of these two witnesses, I want you to see their, what, what brought them together, why we could use these two together tonight to witness to you and I that's in this place. They would, both of you, Abraham and Abimelech, would, would stand up and say, Solid Rock Baptist Church, geography is never the answer. He would tell you that quickly. First of all, I want you to see the motive. The Bible says, in both of these stories, Genesis 12, 10, and there was a what? Famine. Famine. In the land. In Ruth 1, 1, and it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a what in the land? Famine. A famine. One of the things, famine means this. Famine means a, a shortage, a lack of something. Famine usually uh, is attached to food. Usually in the Bible, it talks about famine of, of food and this type of thing. But let me say this. A 
famine can be so much more than just a famine of food. It can be a famine of whatever's in your life. It could be a famine of a walk with God. It could be a famine of you used to be in a place with God, but you're not there now. It could be a, a, a famine. I used to have a prayer life, but I don't now. Some of you started out praying on Saturday, but you ain't, you're not there now. A famine. And the famine had the ideal that there was something lacking, some, some sort of shortage, something lacking in their life, a hunger, if you will. Now there's three things that will always happen in a famine. I don't care who you are or status you are. Three things will always happen. Number one, a justification. I can hear them now. Hey man, we got to eat. We'll starve to death here in the middle of this famine. A justification. This ain't right. That ain't right. They didn't do... We can... We, every person here can justify just about anything we want to justify if we choose to justify it. Number two, an expectation. This will meet our need. And it, and it did as far as a famine that it moved them. They did have food deed. They did have food. But may I say so, an expectation. I'm amazed at this. And even some of you do this all the time. And yet, how, how, how wrong it is. We'll make statements like this. Well, you know, we, we got to work. We got to take this job to work on Sunday. There ain't no jobs. Where did you get that? You just said there's a shortage. There's a famine. There is a famine of, of jobs, but there ain't a famine with God. That's never been a famine with God. There's a famine in the land, but there ain't a famine with the Lord. Amen? But here's the third thing. With every famine, in behind it is a deception. They didn't realize the danger and that they would simply trade one famine, one famine, for another famine. And here's the difference. Here's the difference. In one famine, and that was a famine. God doesn't beat around the bush. But in not moving, instead of going to a place, had they went to a person. Are you listening? Had they went to a person, the answer could have been right here. The answer could have been right here. Instead of going to a place to fill the famine, 
They could have went to a person to fill the fan. Now I'm going to show you something I'd never seen till I studied this. Abraham wasn't in a famine. There was a famine in the land. But Abraham wasn't in a famine. He was a very wealthy man. Naomi's own testimony is this. We went out... What? Full. Full. They went a famine in their home. They was just a famine in their heart. I'll do the preaching. There was a famine. And they moved to a place because they never went to a person. And they swapped famines. This famine here with a person had a remedy. Jesus said, My children never been begging bread. Now God didn't say He'd give you the latest, greatest, this, that, and that. God didn't say I was going to give you. But He said this. He said you'll never go hungry. Amen. God said He'll never. I love this. I've talked to Brother Barry. He just brags on how good God's been to him. I'm going to tell you the truth. They ain't missing a meal. Amen. That God's just provided over here with a person. When you have a famine, I don't care what that famine is. If you'll just run to a person and instead to a place. Because over here what they did, they swapped one famine for not a famine of food, but a famine in their family. And there was no remedy. Down there, Abraham lost Lot. Never got him back. Down there, Abimelech died. And the two boys died. And there's no remedy for that. Couldn't fix it. You see, we find that so many times they traded one famine for another. Now the famine in the land of food, everybody could see it. But nobody saw the famine down in Egypt and down in Moab. You didn't see it. Genesis 13, 7. And there was strife between the herdsmen of Abram's cattle and the herdsmen of Lot's cattle. Brought strife. Genesis 13, 10. One day God said, He said the land's too, too, too uh, much. And we need a part company. And, and all had, had Abraham just not moved. Had Abraham just not moved. Had Abraham just stood still and say that God is God. Stood still. When it come time to split them up, it would have been something like this. Lot, where would you like to go? Uncle Abraham, you just tell me where you think I ought to go and that's where I'm going to go. But because he didn't, he moves down here. And while he's in Egypt, something jumps in the heart a lot. And that is Egypt jumps in his heart. Gets in his heart. Bigger than God. So when he comes back, Abraham said, Lot, we're going to have to part company. 
And the Bible says that Lot looked towards Sodom and Gomorrah because it looked like Egypt. It looked like Egypt. All because he thought the answer for his famine was in a place. Dr. House tells this story. He said he had a, a man and his wife. Thought about Matthew and Sarah. Worked the bus ministry. and I mean very faithful and loved it. And kids loved them just, just faithful. And worked tightened up and no jobs. And one day he came and he said, Brother Housen, I'd like to talk to you. He said, we got a, I got a job offer in Texas. And I'm going to go and, uh, and uh, because there's no jobs here. And, and doctor, I says, anything you need? He said, oh no, we don't need anything. See, what you've got to understand is Abraham and Abimelech moved not because they had a need. They's trying to hold on to everything they had. Don't miss this. Abimelech went out full. Why are you leaving? Abraham was wealthy. Why are you leaving? He's trying to hold on what he had. He said, oh no, we're fine. But there ain't no jobs here, so we're going to move to Texas. Brother House said, sir, listen. Listen to me, please. Please. Don't, don't do that. Please don't do that. He said, Brother House, we love you, and, but, but we're going to go do it. And when the jobs come back, we'll come back. He says, a few months went by, maybe even a year. One day his phone rung and the ID come on on a Texas state prison. And the man come on the phone and he said, he thought he was working in the prison ministry. He said, that's what I thought he was doing. And he said, he said Brother House could, got him in. He said, yeah. He said, I, I need to talk to you. I want you to share this everywhere you can. He said, we came to Texas. I got the job. Made more money than I've ever made in my entire life. But he said, one day I got sick on the job. Come home early. And went upstairs and heard giggling and stuff like that. And went upstairs. And that was my wife in bed with another man. And, and in a rage, I picked up my pistol and and killed both of them in Brother Hiles. Now I'm serving life in prison and I'll die in here. All because of a famine that he thought he could move to. You say, preacher, that ain't going to happen to me. Well, that's the second point I want you to get. First point is, what's the motive? Famine. Don't miss this. Here's Satan's method. Food. It's food. It's food. Abraham and Abimelech both. Both these men said, Now honey, Miss Sarah, here's what we're going to do. There's a famine in the land. Now I don't have any needs myself. But we got to keep our stuff. We got to hold on to our stuff. What have we got? We got to hold on to our stuff. So here's what we're going to do. 
we're going down to Moab for a while. Sojourn. It means temporary. It means just just for a little while. We're not going down that hell hole to live. Just a little while. Abraham said, Sarah, we're going Sarah, Abimelech told Ruth, we're going to Moab for a little while. Abraham said, Sarah, honey, we're going to Egypt for a little while. Just a little while. Just sojourning. We're not going to stay. Twenty-two years of pastoring. I've had this statement said to me more than anything else. And I have followed through with people. Now, don't, don't, don't boo me out with this. Some of you are going to tire, get all tore up sideways. You're set on or not the whole service. Amen. I'm not so sure that God has not moved some folks. That's rare. Very rare. But I've been to follow up on people. and said, well, we, we just want to do anything we can do. Nothing's wrong, everything's fine. Then why'd you leave? Well, we just believe God wants us. It's time to go. Okay. Here's what they say, and I've, I've heard it 50, I've heard it so often, and, 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 and I can relate, and I'll hear it. Now, Pastor, I want you to know, we're not going to leave God out of our life. We're not going to leave God out of our life. We're not quitting Jesus. We're not quitting Jesus. I want you to know, we're not going to leave God out of our life. Go on a journey with me. One family, Brother Ronnie talked to him just, just the other week. Their own testimony. Please pray for our family. Youngins have tattooed themselves all over. You don't know the Bible says, Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Didn't know that, didn't you? God may ask you one day why you paint on His walls. Well, that's a message on its own, ain't it? Young is just tattooed all over. My own testimony was, Preacher, please pray for our family. We're in a mess. We're in a mess. They're angry. They're dissatisfied. Everything's wrong. Another family. Someone just, just, just the other day come up to me and said, Did you know old so-and-so's drinking again? Did you know so-and-so's drinking again? That story could be repeated over and over and over. Did you hear? Oh, so-and-so separated. 
over and over. See what the, you don't understand. Abraham and Abimelech, they're not, I believe they're sincere. These are great Christian people. Great. Abraham's a father of faith. Abimelech, nothing says he was a sight good for nothing Christian. Everything says he was a great man of God. I believe they were sincere. I believe they fully believed what they said. I believe they were sincere. But what they didn't know is this. The devil will keep you longer than you plan to stay and cost you a whole lot more than you ever want to pay. Because they were fooled. They were deceived. They were deceived. Oh, you it's amazing. And then not only did were they fooled and deceived in this, this is where they was really, really deceived was this. They thought they just went to sojourn. They didn't know they was going to sacrifice some things there. They would never, never get back. This boy right here, they ain't paying much attention to me right now, but that's okay. He's right up here. I love that kid more than life. He thinks that I'm the smartest man that he's ever known, and I am. He talks to me. If he's got a problem, he'll call me. Oh, I can. Well, I tell you what's the truth. Darlene, I just tell you what's the truth. I'm just, I'm just white out. And I'll give all I can give. I got nothing else to give. And we'll just go. But what about him? What happens to him? What happens to that young man right there? What happens to that little boy that, that acts, that, that's, that's sitting right there? Hey, hey, what, what, what happens to that one back there? What happens to that? Now all you got to do, sir and ma'am, is line up yours and say, what happens to them? Down there, Ebimelech dies. He wasn't planning on paying that kind of price. And then, Mahalon and Chilion died. They didn't plan on paying that price down there. I want you to listen to me. Listen to me carefully. There's a little boy. Be two years old next month. His grandmother's in the service here this morning, and she uh, 
talked to us after the meeting and on Friday night and me and Matthew and Darlene and Sarah moved went down there and all the families in there. And that great that grandmother she shared this testimony. She and all my kids to Christian school. Those of you that are in Christian school, you understand the sacrifice of that. Michael and Todd really understand the sacrifice of them going to Christian school. They sent Miss Brenda that sits right back there. Her mama sent her to a Bible college. But somewhere Somewhere, and I don't know where, but somebody decided that I just don't want, there's a famine in the land. And we're going to go down to Moab and go to Egypt. That, that, precious, that precious woman, she said, Matthew, I just want to thank you for your church. She said, I'm begging you to move in the, in the life of my... And she says, if it takes this, if it takes this to get my children back to God, then so be it. See, he never, he never, he never thought that he would sacrifice. He went to get something. He didn't realize that in that move he would sacrifice something. I'm not going to tell you that sometimes well, you, you hang around here long enough and sometimes man, church gets routine and, and your heart gets dry and all, all that happens. Boy, that ain't the time. In the midst of a famine, that ain't the time to go to somewhere else. That's time to get to a person. That's the reason we're praying and fasting for revival. We're trying to get to a person and not Brother Finley. Holy God to say, my children, my grandchildren, I need something from God. Now, there's a price to pay for that. But I'll tell you this much. I'll tell you this much. It's not near the price we pay down here in Egypt and Moab. It's not near the price. It's just not near the, the price that you pay. So they were fooled. They thought, you know, we're just going to sojourn. And I believe they were real. And when people told me, we're not going to leave God out of our life, we're not going to get out of church, I believe that. And they don't for a while. And then, then, and then, you ask them now, you, what, where are you going to church at now? Well, we just, we just ain't going anywhere right now. But you told me you weren't going to get out. But you have. You have. Sojourn. Food. But not only that. But notice. 
Not only did they, not only did was they was the famine and, and they were food, but they forfeited something. They forfeited truth. You say, how did they forfeit truth? Well, they start down the road. And Miss Sarah's on his arm. And they're going down and he says, Um, honey, sweetie pie, that king down there needs you, devil. And she was beautiful. And in that day, if you wasn't married to someone, you was free game. He's going to want you as a wife. And they'll kill me to get you. So you tell them you're my sister. Now, that was a half-truth. She was his half-sister. That's no longer done today. She don't even think about it. She was his half-sister. But it was a whole lie. He wasn't honest. Had he stayed right here, he wouldn't have had to forfeit truth. But down there, listen to what Naomi says. Naomi comes back. Don't you dare call me Naomi. You God has dealt bitterly with me. Don't you dare call me. I'm bitter. I'm bitter. Because God has done this to me. Stop right there, Miss Naomi. God didn't send you to Moab. God didn't make you go. You never ask him where you should or not. You just went. You'd be amazed. Brother Watts, could we not line them up across there that's bitter and they don't even know why they're bitter. They're angry. They're all to pieces. You know why? Because they chose to go to Moab and to Egypt. And they forfeited truth. Second thing they did, they forfeited trust. They forfeited trust. Here's what they're saying. God, we sure do love you. Hallelujah, bless. We love you. Thank you, Jesus. Behold it. You just don't know beans about taking care of my family. So I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I guess I'll have to fix this in myself. Well, you know, God, I sure do love you. Amen. I trust you with everything but my insurance. God, you just know if I lose my insurance, we're, we're under, we're dead. So I, I'm going to go down here to Moab and Egypt. The list could go on and on. 
The list could go on and on. All he had to do was trust God. In the midst of the famine, just trust Him. Because I'm telling you, He said, God, I can't trust you. So I'm going down here to Egypt and Moab to fix this myself. I would to God I could tell you, I'm ashamed of this. And I'm glad I ain't in it by myself. Hallelujah. You'd be amazed how many times in 22 years that somebody chose to rob God and not be honest with their tithes and offerings and the offerings be just, just bottom out. And how many times I found myself slipping over here and saying, well, well, I guess me and Brother Watts could get a part-time job and I guess we could do this and we could sell the car and sell the firstborn of our children and we could do all this stuff. Maybe we could go rob a bank, you know? You know, something. You would not believe. I'll see. What some of you don't, don't have no idea is every payment of this church and the, and, and, the, and the church maintained itself. Why well, light bill runs $1,200 a month? How would you like to get a light bill like that every month? It's got to be paid. And I ain't going to tell you I've not come down here considered walking around in Moab and Egypt. But after two or three steps, God starts saying, Hey, you! Get back over here! Okay, God, I'm, I'm going. First of all, I put the church there. Second, it's not yours. It's mine. And third, I'll take care of the bills. Now, God uses us to do it, but God will take care of what His church always has. And he said, in all these 22 years, have you ever seen me not provide? Have you ever seen me not provide? If you just trusted me in the middle of a famine. In the middle of a famine. You just trusted time and time and time again. But you know, our tendency is, because I didn't know if you knew this, this is going to be really deep, so hang on. You can't see trust. You can't see, You can't grab it. Hold on to it. It's just trust and believe in God. You can't touch it. And so, there's this tendency in famine to go to Moab and to Egypt for the answer. And he forfeited truth and he forfeited trust in that something. But don't miss this. He forfeited something else. Oh, this is, this is really big. He forfeited a testimony. One day, they're down here. He's done lied halfway. 
No, he lied. And somebody catches Abraham and Sarah behind the palm bushes a smooching, making sport. You know, if you knew that, that's smooching and hugging. Somebody goes to the king and says, King, Sarah is Abraham's wife. And that king, wicked, lost, ungodly, comes back to Abraham. He says, what are you, why have you done this to us? Why are you doing this? Why have you lied to me? You've lied to me. You're wrong. You've lied to me. And Abraham that day lost a testimony with that king. He never got it back. He lost a testimony with Lot. He never got back. Never. Don't miss this. Abimelech lost not only of his life, but he lost a testimony as well. Because when she gets back, she says, don't call me Naomi. Call me Myra. You're forfeited testimony. He lost a family, never got back. She lost a family, never got back. And I want you to know something. Famine, a motive, fooled the method, forfeited the measure. But listen, I got good news. We'd stop right there. We'd say, man, what a, what a sad Sunday night message. But I got good news for you. There is a future with the Master. They're here. And they lost some things they'll never get back. Don't kid yourself. But one day Abraham made his way back. And first thing he did, he found an altar there. Amen. He found everything there that he went there to get. He found it back where he started. He got an altar back. Don't miss this. There's going to be a baby boy show up. Hallelujah. He's a promised child. There's going to be a baby boy show up. There's blessings there. Right where he was when he started. Don't miss this. I see three Will women there. Don't miss this, ladies. In that day, there wasn't social security. There wasn't nothing for a woman. There was nothing when a husband died or the boys died. I see three lonely widows and they say, I hear, I hear there's bread at Bethlehem. And she goes back and she finds what moved her right back where it was in the beginning. Guess what only bread? Hey, there's a baby boy coming there in a few years. A baby boy! Not only that, there's blessing. And the day will come. She'll say, blessed be the Lord. Because Ruth will go out. And hey, there's a Boaz. There, there's a Boaz. There, so God has. A, he's a God of a second chance. And if you've got children that are here, I need to. I, I really want to help you. I really want to help you.
You'll never gain your children by going to Egypt and Moab to get them. There's no altars in either one of those places. There's no God here. Ruth heard what had been done up there. But don't miss this. The safest place for your children is for you to be here where you can pray for them and get to God for them and say, God, my baby's in Moab. That place is a wreck in their life. Babies is in Egypt. And it's a wreck in their life. And God, I want you to go get them. I want you to go get them. You don't win them by moving to where they're at. They'll move you. You win them by being in the place that you need to be. I'm begging God to get them. I'm going to give you one illustration. Michael's lost as a goose. And darling and her would come together every day. And they would take a time. And every day she'd drive over to the house and they would spend about 10, 15 minutes every day praying for Michael. And one day in Mexico, God said, They want me to death. So I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to get in that truck with him. He's going to pull over. And he's going to trust me or he's not going to get back home. Now that wasn't my testimony. That's his. He told me, God got so big in the cab of that truck. He said, if I hadn't have pulled over and asked God to save me, he said, I do not believe God would have allowed me to come back home. Had they said, it's a famine. There ain't nothing happening. Ain't nothing happening. He don't go to church with me. He busts my chops all the time. He's always a kicking tithing. He's a, I'll just quit. Then he would have been lost forever. But she didn't. She just stayed here. He's a famine. He wasn't beside. He's sick tonight. You pray for him today. There's a famine. She wanted him to be here, lest like you want your husband and wife to be here. The famine. But she never moved because of the famine. Here today, I am convinced this message is for somebody. Somebody might be playing around down here in Egypt and Moab. Oh no, you've not moved yet. But you're, you're thinking about it. You're playing with it. You're playing with it. God has ain't done what done this and done this. And God ain't done what he said. He, but I think I'll go down here. It's a famine. And I don't know what that famine may be. But your answer is not in a place. It is in a person. If you never get a person, the place won't help you. Geography changes nothing. 
geography changes nothing. I've come to this conclusion. If I can't get to God for Solid Rock Baptist Church, what makes me think I can get to God for any other church? Amen. So I believe I'll just get to the person and get to God for you and pray for you and love you. And even when there's a famine, more the Christ's thin or whatever, I think I'm just going to believe in God and get to a person to take care of what needs to be took care of. I don't know who the message is for. This message is for somebody tonight that I'm certain of. So I'll stand to your feet.